Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. Today's sermon from Joel Nagel continues the January Greater Vision series. It's titled Vision of the Future Practical. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Um, so good to see everybody. Uh, thank you so much, uh, um, Chris and Leslie. Uh, if you guys are interested in the discipleship decks that uh, they were talking about, there's a QR code. It's all on your phone. Uh, you can print them out if you want, but um, it's 2022, so let's do. We'll use our phones. You printed them off. Okay, that's cool too. Yeah, and uh, and so I love everything that you said. The one thing that I can't get out of my head from what you said, though, is that there's a video that exists of you guys singing and being the only people to ever be rejected from the worship team, and I, I want it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it just shows the integrity that we have, um, that, that, that Alex hasn't shared that. Um, it's, yeah, um, we'll, we'll work that out. Amen? Um, we need like a new countdown video to start the church, the church off in the mornings, and it's that. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk today uh, about practical vision, and we've started this year by looking for greater vision. Um, and we talked about um, vision every Sunday so far. We started with God, and our, our vision has to start with God. We looked at how uh, seeing the way that we see God changes everything about how we see everything else. Uh, and then we looked at how our vision of the past affects our vision of the present and the future. And we, we uh, encourage you to, to do the challenging thing of looking back into your past and kind of rewriting it and seeing that God has been there every step of the way, through the hard times, through the, through the easy times. Uh, Kyle preached and preached about uh, looking at God in our present and especially um, looking at um, the blind spots that we all have in our lives. Um, who are we really? How does God see us? He's so in love with us. Um, but are there things in our lives that, that we don't see that could change uh, through the power of Jesus? Uh, and then last Sunday, we looked at eternal vision and uh, talked about the eternal path uh, that we are on. And hope, hopefully and prayerfully and because of Jesus, that can be a path that leads to eternity with God and not eternity without God. Then just Friday night, two nights ago, we had our visions and dreams night and uh, we did something uh, radical that people with great vision in the past have done, um, that even God has done. This is a central part of the gospel, is that when things seem to be chopped down, cut up, lacking hope, we called on God to make it grow anyway. Uh, and so if you're wondering why there's a, a vine coming out of a stump, uh, it was from our Friday night uh, time, um, and we, we dreamed about how God can make his dreams and visions for our life and for our church grow even out of something that seems dead. Um, and so it's going to be so cool to see that vine grow up that wall. Uh, as we see the church grow, we'll get to see that vine grow. And we'll look back and be like, we planted that vine in a really hard time. But look at all the ways God has made us grow um, through that. So it's going to be a really cool symbol unless somebody knocks it down and it dies. But anyway, um, we're... Uh, 
Uh, next month, just to give you a, a teaser for next month, we're going all in. Um, if you didn't see this, please pick this up on your way out. Uh, th- these are the sermons, and I, uh, it's a great thing just to put on your fridge and to think, okay, what's next Sunday going to be about? When, when you know the plan and what the church is going to talk about, it even can spark, oh, there's somebody that needs to hear this message about what it really means to be all in with our love. Um, or and, and these titles are really exciting, like the last Sunday um, in February is All In, The Crossroads of Destiny. What is, is that? It sounds like a, like a like video game or something, The Crossroads of Destiny. But there's probably people in our lives who are at The Crossroads of Destiny, and you can invite them to come to that. Amen? Um, today, we're going to wrap up this series with a practical vision of the future. We looked at the eternal vision of the future, and now what's the practical vision? What do we need to do? to have greater vision in our day-to-day lives that will lead to the greatest vision of all, which is seeing God. And so we're going to ask four questions today, and they're all going to be tied together by the amazing life of Jesus. We get to see vision in the life of Jesus. That's what we'll do as we go through these four questions. And so, oh, there's the all-in. Isn't that cool? Um, All-in. We're going. All right. Uh, The first question today is, how, uh, how much do you love God? The first question is a question of spiritual vision. How much do you love God? This is what Jesus said. He said, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked Jesus, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is here, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Makes sense that we're going to talk about going all in next month. Amen? All. Um, How much do we really love God? Have you thought about that lately? Um, I think our, our love for God wanes. Um, other affections come into our lives, and we don't notice it happening in real time. And so I hope that this can be a moment where you can really consider, how much do I really love God? Here's some questions to go with this. First of all, do you love him enough to get baptized? Uh, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, he, and as he uh, was praying, heaven was opened. And so Jesus loved God enough, it says, he says he did it to fulfill all righteousness, to get baptized. It seems like in people's faith journey, that, that's always, uh, or a lot of times, it's a sticking point. Like, should I get baptized? Do I need to get baptized? And one of the answers to that question is, Jesus got baptized. And Jesus didn't need to get baptized for the forgiveness of his sins because he had no sins, and he still got baptized. We need forgiveness of our sins, which is one of the promises of baptism. And, and so we should get baptized. Amen. Do you love him enough, though, to, to make that step, to, to think through what that really means? Because there's a lot of things attached to that a lot of times. Do we love him enough to obey a simple command, but difficult command, to be baptized? Do we love him enough to spend quality time with him? Um, again, Jesus, we look at the life of Jesus. How much did Jesus love God? Well, he often withdrew to lonely places so he could pray. Um, we know this in our, in our earthly relationships. If you don't spend time with each other, you, you fall out of love. And the people that we spend the most time with, you know what ends up happening? We end up really loving those people, even if they're different from us. 
And so Jesus off, Jesus himself, and again, just like with baptism, he didn't have any sin that needed washed away. And Jesus was God, and yet he goes to be with God. He spends that special time with God. Are we doing that? Are we making the time? Are we scheduling it? Another question. Um, do you love him enough to please him with your actions? The one who sent me is with me, Jesus said. He's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Do we love God enough to please him? Or do we a lot of times choose just to, to do what pleases ourselves? You know, there, this, this idea of, of loving God can get blurred. All the things we talk about with greater vision, our vision can get blurred. Has the busyness of your life or, or visions for other things, we get our eyes on other things, have they caused the, your love for God to take a back seat in your life? Like, hey, God's still with me. He's, still, you back? He's back there. Or do we love God with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength or striving to do that anyway? It's, I think it's a slow and creeping thing. You don't realize, you know, you're, you're like, man, I, I can't see as good as I used to be able to see. When, when did that happen? And that's painful because it's true right now uh, in, my, in my life with my actual vision. But we, but we think about that with, with God. Like, when did, that, when did that happen? It doesn't matter when it started to happen, how it started to happen. What matters is how will you answer this question now? Are you still madly in love with God? And the awesome thing is he's never fallen out of love with you. His vision never gets blurry. And he sees you for all that you are. And he totally loves you. Amen? All right. Our second question is, is a question of relational vision. How much can you love others? I love the way that this question is worded. How much can you? It's almost like a challenge. How much are you able, willing to love others? The very next verse, we started with Mark, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The very next verse, the, the second greatest commandment that's like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We'll look at Jesus again. How does Jesus show us how much he loved people, the, his relational vision? In Matthew 5, verse 44, it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, talk about vision and needing extra eyesight to be able to do something like that. And yet that is a command. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In my life, I feel like I have to flip that. When I pray for people who persecute me, I can, I can love my enemies. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Other versions say that he loved them to the full extent of his love. He loved them all the way. And this, John 13, begins this five-chapter section of John that's so amazing. It's, the, it's like the, we, get, we get like to be on the wall and watch what happened at the Last Supper. And this is how John starts. He's like, I'm going to show you how Jesus loved his disciples until the very last possible moment. How he fully loved them. 
And then immediately he, he, takes, he, gets, he strips down and he washes their dirty feet. And then they have dinner together. And then he prays with them. And then he's arrested, crucified. It's so amazing. That's how much he loved. How much can we love? How much can you love? You know, Jesus, and then in this, in this conversation, he tells them that the way that we love is a marker for whether we really are following Jesus. We like to think of all kinds of like doctrinal things. And well, if you do this, this, and this, you're really a Christian. If you don't do these things, you're not a Christian. And Jesus would be like, ah, wait, wait, those things are important. But before all that other stuff, how, how you know someone is a disciple of Jesus is by the way that they love. And we want to be like, but what about these other things? Yeah, that's cool. But are you loving? Are you loving people? If it was just the first thing about loving God, I think we could, we could make that happen. But it's, it's not just about loving God. How much can you love people? That's what really shows that we're his followers. There's a trap to avoid when we think about loving other people. And that's when we think about, like, and we do this with every, everything, we think about really loving people, we start to think about how much do people really love us, right? And, but this is about giving our love, not receiving. It's, it's got to be selfless. It can't be tit for tat. You know, one of the vision problems that Jesus directly warns us about is having a plank in your eye while removing the speck from your brother's eye. I thought about this. It'd be so cool if there was like a video where there was a guy in church who had a huge log coming out of his eye, and he's just like pointing out problems in church, and he swings around, and people have to duck um, to, to not get hit by the plank, and he's just walking through, just whacking people. Um, like that's, you know, if we really had like, I think, God's spiritual vision, we'd see that we are just, that's all of us, we're just whacking each other with these blanks because we don't see. And we focus on other people instead of on ourselves. Jesus wants us to focus on ourselves. How much are you loving? You know, what's your relational vision? Do you have vision for your relationships? I think we take our relationships for granted. Maybe even especially in church, because in church, people are supposed to have relationships with you. What's your relational, do you have a dream for what your relationships could be? I want to talk to the married people in the church, soon to be married people in the church too. Um, you know, pretty soon, uh, one thing I want to say is, you know, Clifton and Mayan are going to come this year like they did last year. So awesome. But I want you guys to be praying for Mayan. She's actually in the hospital right now. She's got um, a lung disease and... Um, and she actually has a punctured lung right now, and she's miraculously recovering. But let's all be praying for her um, to, to be healed. So obviously they can't come uh, right now. Uh, but Clay and Stacy um, are, are shepherds for the married ministry here, and, and they've read this great book called Cherish. And we're going to put the link out so that every married couple can buy the book, and we're going to work through this book together. Um, every so often we're going to have our marriage times after church uh, and work through this. Um, and so I want to encourage you to think about that. When it comes out, click that link, buy the book. Um, your greatest relationship on earth is your marriage, if you're married. Um, I want to encourage you, I, as I said in the announcements, it's crazy maybe to sign up for that marriage retreat, but at least go on Saturday. Um, check this out. Do something proactive for the greatest relationship you have on earth. I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but there it is. It's said. 
it's, it's such a good thing, okay? Um, and if you're married and you have kids, you know, Alex and Cassie put uh, a lot of work into these family devotionals. And they're, they're awesome. And they're on the table every week. They're downstairs when we have kids' church again, which we'll soon have kids' church again. Um, but it's, it's just a, a time each week where you get to talk to your family about God. And it takes what you hear up here and, and links it with what they're listening to and hearing in, in kids' church or with the teen, preteen ministry, which is awesome. Thank you, preteen and teen leaders. Um, but I want you to do that. You know, last week we had the sermon was about heaven and hell. And so our family time was about heaven and hell. And, and I don't think we've really talked about heaven and hell, at least not that bluntly, um, in maybe ever. And it was a really, it was a good, tough conversation that's kind of rippled through the whole week. Um, but are we, are we, do we have, do we have relational vision for our spouses and for our kids? Uh, do we have relational vision for our, the friendships that we have? Wouldn't it be cool if friendship was easy? <laughs> it was like, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. It takes some work. It's, it's really fun, but it's, it's not easy. It takes work. Um, you know, and I want to speak especially to the, to the married men in the church. There are all these articles, you can Google it, about how married men just don't make friends. Did you know that? <laughs> you can think about it in your life if you're a married man. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, they, a lot of times they're just content with being shallow friends with their wives, friends, husbands, or however, whatever that is, if they have to. Their wives have friends. Okay, I'll be friends with her husband if I have to. I don't think that's God's vision for us. We have to want to invest in friendships. It takes intentionality. It takes work. It makes the church so much better. A church where, where older men are friends with each other and have awesome friends, even outside of the church, that they're talking to about God and spending time with, it's, it's vibrant. It's different than what we see normally in relationships. Um, and, and I don't want to make this just about married men and their friendships. We all need friendships. We need it. Um, we need each other. Um, Jesus made sure that his disciples knew that he was their friend. When we, if you read through that, John 13 starts with the full extent of his love. When you get to John 15, he says, you are my friends. He makes sure he, that they know, hey, you're not just my disciples. You're not just my followers. I've called you friends. Friendship is that important. On the night before he died, Jesus talked about it. What's your relational vision for friendship? And then, I, and then for the single people in the church, do you have vision? Have you thought about this? Future. What could God do in your life if you live to please him? If you have his relational vision for your life? Are you willing to play by God's rules instead of having a relationship that looks like all the other relationships in the world? And I know that that's tough, but it's so much better. And you can ask any married couple in the church, is it better to do it God's way? And they will say, absolutely. It's more than just it's more even than just pleasing God, although that should be enough. It's more than, than doing it in a way that leads to heaven, although that should be enough. It makes better marriages. Better marriages make better children. Better families make a better world. That's the big picture of this. It's not just to make things less fun. It's to change the world. Are we taking people on dates? Are we encouraging one another? Are we getting advice? Let's get vision. Amen? All right, the third vision. Um, individual 
vision. How can you be most useful to God? Have you ever thought about it in those terms? How useful are you to God? I think that's such a good question. You know, we all have different talents and strengths. We have different time uh, ability in our lives. We have unique abilities, passions, availability, opportunities. Each of you guys is amazing in your own way. Do you have a vision for how God can use you? The only you on the whole planet, the you that he, he planned and planned to create from before there was time, he wants you here, and he has vision for your life. How can you be most useful to God? Let's look again at Jesus. You know, the parable of the talents. Um, and uh, and it, here it's bags of gold, because one talent is like a bag of gold. And your talents, and your talents are like a bag of gold. They're so useful. But this is what Jesus tells this parable. It says the, the man who had received one bag of gold, he's like, I'm not, a very, I'm not very talented. I don't have much to give. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So his vision of God was messed up. He's like, well, God, you're a hard man. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. I didn't use my talents. See, here's what belongs to you. You can read the rest of that parable on your own. It doesn't have a happy ending. God has given each of us unique strengths. Are we using them to advance his cause? Are we hiding what God has given us. You know, sometimes, like Krista and Chris with the singing, it needs to be hidden because it's not actually a strength. It's a weakness, and nobody wants that. But, but you have strengths. Are we using the, those things, the gifts he's given us, primarily for ourselves? Everything in this world wants a piece of you. You have to intentionally think about what you will give to God. You know, I think we do this with financial giving. I'm proud of how the church gives. But it's so much more than that. It's, 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 being, it's pushing yourself to be uncomfortable sometimes. Romans chapter 12, um, it's pretty small, but you can read along here. It says, just, a, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members now all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do you hear that? We belong to one another. It's, mo it's not just about you. We belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, like speaking the truth in love, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it Cheerfully. Maybe you, even as you read it, you're like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an encourager. I'm a mercy shower. I'm a teacher. What, what are you in the body? You know, I want to talk about um, our, our vision for how God could use us. You know, for, for those of you guys who are in school, you're trying to figure out your career, you have such important decisions in front of you. And I know there's so many factors that go into where you're going to live and what you're going to do and and all of that. But I want you to think first and foremost, how can you glorify God with what you decide to do? That's the most important thing. Um, I want to give us vision for serving in the church. Um, 
in this church. Why are you here? Why are you in this church? It's not just so you can learn and you can grow. It's because it's, we belong to each other. We can make the church better. And, the, and when the church grows, the gospel is spread in our community and beyond. Um, we have this, uh, this uh, volunteer fair. I want you to start thinking about how can you contribute. Get advice. Maybe you don't know what you're good at. You look at that, I'm not very merciful. I'm not very encouraging. Am I even a Christian? Get advice. There's something awesome about you, okay? And there are needs in the body. And so we're having this volunteer fair. It's, there's going to be booths set up. It's going to, it's going to be so cool, so awesome. Um, and once again, I'll say it one more time. I'll say it a lot more times. Walking tacos, okay? Um, but this is what we're going to get besides walking tacos. We're going to get plugged in again. And, and so we have all of these things that make the church work. There's a building committee where you help fix things and make sure the building's working. There are our youth ministries, kids' church, nursery, preteen, teens, mentoring. Um, there's, a, there's a snow removal team. Did you know there's a snow removal team um, for the sidewalks and stuff? R&D Landscape helps with the big snow removal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, there's a counting team um, where, so we can count the contribution with integrity. We've got, a, we've got processes to make sure that that money is counted in the right way. Uh, there's the Hope Cafe. Um, which is so important that we are caffeinated as we worship. Amen? Um, there's the worship team, which some of us can be on, and there's the AV team, uh, which is maybe where people who can't sing should be, uh, helping make the audio and visual sound awesome. Um, there's, we need help decorating the church. Uh, we need help with the kitchen, um, the kitchen crew, and hope worldwide. It seems to be the thing that we just can't ever figure out how to get that going and make it awesome so we can serve our community. We need help. I want you to remember back. Remember the, the olden days before the pandemic, just two years ago. Remember those times? Ah. Um, we're not a huge church, and so pretty much everybody had at least one job. The need for that hasn't changed. In fact, it might be even greater. Um, so I want you to pray about this next few weeks before we have our volunteer fair. How can you serve your brothers and sisters in this church community? Um, is, there, is there a ministry you could even lead? Like you heard that, and you're like, I want to I lead the snow removal crew. That sounds like my thing. Okay. Um, is there a way you could serve joyfully? There's the old song that says, the church for you doth wait. And it sure does. Amen. Last question for you. Congregational vision. What can we accomplish together? And this goes with that last one. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, this is what the very first church was like. We, are, we want to be like that very first church as much as we possibly can. And so what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I just want to break this down. What is, it, what is our vision as a congregation and as a church? What can we do together? Well, it starts by being devoted. And next month we'll talk about going all in and being devoted.
What happens when we're devoted to each other, when we're devoted to praying and, and learning and growing? It says everyone was filled with awe. And oh man, we've had moments like that, church. It, this isn't just 2,000 years ago, church. This is our church, filled with awe, like wondering, how is this happening? How did that person get saved? How, how did we do that together? The wonders and the signs. That's not, oh, that's not just something that happened. It happens. It's happened here. It'll happen again. All the believers were together, it says. You guys, in the last couple of years, you feel like all the believers were together? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but, but we will, and we're getting closer and closer. How does that happen? Does it happen because everything is fixed and perfect? No, but it happens because we decide to mutually submit to one another, to think, well, my thing's not that big of a deal. It's going to be okay. Your thing's not that big of a deal either. You okay with that? Yep, I'm okay. Let's be together. Amen. It says they gave to anyone who had need. I think we do that. We've done that. It's really important that we let each other know when, we're, when we have needs. Something weird happens in church where we start to think that I shouldn't be needy. I'm supposed to be a helper now. But we all have needs sometimes. If no one knows about it, we can't help you. Um, it says they, com- they continued to meet together. That's something that we fought for over the last couple of years, and we're going to keep fighting for that. Amen? They had glad and sincere hearts. Those two things go together. Maybe it doesn't seem like that. Being happy and being honest with each other. Both of those go together. If you're not honest, you can't be happy. Um, it's not going to work. Um, you know, I got some really good feedback um, from a sister from my sermon last week. She was like, I don't know about this thing you said. And it seemed like, you know, she's like had to get up the courage to, to send me the email. And I just wrote back, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you told me that. Thank you so much. That helps me. Um, and, I, and I hope we all feel that honesty with me, with anybody. Um, praising God. Enjoying favor. People are like, that church, that church is different. And it says the Lord added to their number daily. We've never experienced that yet. But we had like, for a while, this is my prayer I put. If you haven't put a prayer up by the vine back there, uh, there's instructions to do that. You can take a card and add your prayer. I prayed through a lot of those this morning. It was so encouraging to to pray through your prayers. Uh, And you guys can take time to go hang out with the vine and and say your prayers. That's such a weird thing to do. We're weird. Anyway, um, you can do that. But one of my prayers is we, we did have, for a while, we had baptisms every other week. And it was like, again? We're filling up the baptismal again? This is awesome. And it was so, and I'm like, let's do it. And that's not even every day, but every other week, I'll take it. Amen? We've done that. What's your vision for this church? Vision, you know, I have vision for more churches to be planted. I want to plant a church in the UP so that I have to go to the UP more. I'll be honest, there's, there's selfishness involved in that. Maybe that's why it's not happening. I want to plant a church in Jackson, and I don't want to go to Jackson. So there's also selflessness, okay? It, it all balances out. Uh, you know, in Eaton Rapids, we were going to start, ha- they were going to have start having their own thing sometimes, get something going, the pandemic hit, the restaurant we were going to use for our Sunday night services, like, closed for a while, we couldn't do it, but, but man, there's still so, all those souls in Eaton Rapids, and so many relationships here in that, in that small community. Can we get there again? Jesus gives us the energy and the power to dream big. So all these questions, we've looked at Jesus. Look at Jesus. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Um, Paul talks about this. 
to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, according to his power that's working in us, to him be glory in the church, amen? This is, this is what we can do. You know, um, in, the, in the old King James Version, Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And I always imagine that Yoda saying that. He that keepeth the law, happy is he. Um, totally that. And that's, that's the kind of wisdom we need here. We need Yoda-level wisdom, amen? Um, where there's no vision, it's not a small thing. It's not like, I want to have more vision. I want to be more. It's with, if you don't have vision, your faith can't make it. Faith is all about vision. In Ephesians 1, one of my favorite passages, Paul talks about, he says, he prays for the church, Ephesian church that they would have hearts with eyes. And I can't not picture like an actual human heart with eyeballs all over. It's so gross. But, but spiritually, it's so important that our, our hearts can see beyond what we can see with our eyeballs. That we could have spiritual vision, greater vision. I hope that this sermon and I hope this whole series has helped you to have greater vision. If not, go back over the notes. And I want to encourage you to just, even just pick one thing. Maybe it's that exercise of going back and seeing God in your past. Maybe it's one of the points that we had today. Pick just one thing that you'll improve with your vision. Remember, when your vision gets blurry, greater vision begins with our vision of God. Start there. And when we start there, it starts to get clearer with the vision of the past and a vision of the present where God is with us every step of the way. That gives us a foundation for a vision of the future, which should always start with an eternal vision and then a practical vision for how we'll live our next days in this world. And that'll, that will involve spiritual vision, relational vision, individual vision, and congregational vision vision. I can't wait to look back and see it all so clearly, like what Leslie and Chris shared. We, we can't see it all right now. If we could see it all right now, we probably would be like, I don't like that. But when you look back, you're like, oh, I see it. I see it with eyes of faith. I see that in so many ways, we're like that little vine back there, planted in a stump. But God knows how to make things grow. And we'll see that vine grow up the wall, but we'll also see how God had vision to grow each and every one of us too. Let's have greater vision. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God.